All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. Boy, does it feel like the season is ending, at least for me. I hope I'm looking forward to it. But not for these teams, um, especially with the title race, with how tight it is. Both teams going away this weekend. Liverpool with the early kickoff at the recently resurgent Newcastle, as well as Man City, the last kickoff on Saturday at Leeds, another resurgent team under the new manager. How do you see the two games going this weekend? The early kickoff for me is obviously leaning towards Liverpool just because they are in form and they are very powerful. I think too powerful for Newcastle, if we're being honestly real here. However, as you said, Newcastle have found some hope. They've been on a very good run of form. They've climbed completely out of the relegation zone and they're safe. So I don't want to completely rule out Newcastle because of their recent form. But if I'm looking at a sole prediction on this, I really and truly don't see Liverpool losing this one. I think it's going to be tougher than we think, but Liverpool are going to come out winners. Newcastle, very good since the turn of the year. With such a strong Liverpool midfield, I think the Newcastle midfield could stand a chance. We know Joe Linton's been performing very well under the, the new manager. Bruno Guimaraes, you know, I know he's only been playing recently as a starter. He's pretty much been on the bench until uh, the last few weeks, but the way he spreads the ball, I think that could be key to the the players up top, namely Saint-Maximin. And we know how Saint-Maximin, we know how dangerous he can be, especially up against Trent. You can deny all you want, but he's shaky defensively. Another player on Newcastle I would say to look out for is Miguel Almiron, usually coming off the bench. He adds a big impact usually. And that could be a difference maker in a match like this, especially if Liverpool don't peel away like they did against Everton early enough. You could maybe see some kind of upset there. Former Arsenal man Joe Willock also is a kind of a wild card player I would say for Newcastle yeah those are just some avenues that we think Newcastle maybe could get something out of this one I think it might be a tough game for Liverpool I'm still gonna go with Liverpool though they might just possibly be the best team I've ever seen honestly that's a bold one right there well I'm only I'm not that old but never seen anything like it they don't necessarily dominate in a traditional sense, they dominate you by, I mean, just sheer intensity and the way they attack you. It's, it's amazing. I mean, with the news that he's going to stay till 2026, well, we'll see if he will stay. But he's extended his contract another two years. Good for Liverpool fans. Good for you. But- yeah, and back to the domination, I, I would say also the way they dominate is by dominating those spaces like each individual almost like zone of the field gets dominated as they just overload those zones with 
numbers. And it's so intriguing how it all pans out. Like sometimes you'll see Andy Robertson as a left winger causing an overload on the zone in that basically right back corner for the opposition, which I think is interesting. So yeah, as you said, Liverpool, that's great news for them. Unfortunate news for us rival fans, but we'll see if he can maintain it. That is the difference in this managerial game is longevity. How long can you keep it up? We saw with Arsene Wenger, obviously he was declining in the latter stages of his career. So let's see if Klopp can keep it up. Yeah, that's a good point. We have to remember last season, he was speaking of, of his burnout with the so much so many injuries that he had to suffer or overcome. But safe to say, he has rejuvenated his squad. His squad has rejuvenated him. At the end of the day, the manager can do only as much as your, your players can do and vice versa. So it's working for them right now. It hurts to say, but I mean, they're just, they are, they're, they're really great. As for Newcastle, next season could be looking good for them. I think they need a striker, but we'll see. We'll see what they go for next season. <laughs> I mean, they can go for a lot more than they could have last season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there. we can't rule out Mbappe going to Newcastle. So. <laughs> that would be scenes. Imagine if, right? Predictions for the game? Mm, I'll go for a 3 1 to Liverpool. Okay, okay, interesting. I'm going to probably go for a 2-0. Moving on to the other title contender, Manchester City travel to Leeds for the final kickoff of the Saturday fixtures. What are we thinking as far as this match goes? It's a little bit more tricky. Man City, of course, we know they're coming off a 4-3. Could have been more, could have been better win over Real Madrid. Leeds, on the other hand, they have a new manager. They've been improving their form under the new manager. I think they're pretty much almost out of the relegation race at this point. But if we rewind back to last season, Leeds, I think they beat Man City at their at, at home. But the, the game, the result was 2-1, I believe. But the game itself was total domination from City. So it's a different kind of domination, right, from City. Whereas Liverpool, like you said, they dominate different zones. They attack you with intensity. Man City are just, they dominate you with pretty much everything on the field. So I could see a comfortable win for Man City again here. Yeah, Leeds don't strike me as powerful as Newcastle are at the moment. In regards to those two matches, City, I think in, when it comes to the Real Madrid game in the Champions League, that to me could be down to nerves. But then really, and when I say nerves, I'm really talking about those chances that they had. But when you think about it, they did score four goals against Madrid. And I know that their defence wasn't that great against City in this one, but... It's still four goals against a big side like Madrid. What can they do to Leeds now? (laughs) I'm going for, I agree with you, a comfortable City win.
I have to agree. Um, City just too powerful on the attacking front. Real Madrid, or they were very shaky early on defensively. Two sloppy goals to concede, or maybe the second goal was sloppy. First goal, great cross from Mares. But yeah, I don't, I don't think Leeds have the defensive stability to keep them out, keep them to a, less than two, three goals, I think. And J- with Jesus in form, I could see him scoring again this game. And I don't think they have enough to really counter them either. They have good pace, right? They have Dan James, Rodrigo, Rafinha. But Benzema goal came out of nothing. I thought Vinicius' goal was just pure individual brilliance. I don't know if Leeds' quality is up there. So, of course, every game's different, but I don't see how they come away with a win here. I'm going with a 4-2 for City. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Yeah, I think they'll keep a clean sheet here. So what are you saying? 4-0? 3 no 4 nil, yeah. What's your one pick? I'll go I'll go for a safe for 3 nil. <laughs> All right, keeping it safe, not bad. And also speaking of Leeds, we do have a big relegation game this weekend. Uh, two teams, one team a little more seemingly on the down already in Watford going up against Burnley at home who are undefeated since their brand new manager, Ben Mee, captain turned manager. A big game, interesting game. Quality might not be there, but it's, it's going to be intense as hell for sure. Yeah, both teams with everything to play for at the moment. Burnley did come away with a nice win against Wolves. Very impressive. Watford, as we know, it's always going to be a difficult match against City, especially with their record against City. So maybe that one was just a blight, but are they really going to come back confident from that? Not no. feeling that. No, no. I think Burnley either need this one or it's going to be a draw. I think Burnley have enough to, I, I hate to say it, I think Burnley have enough to get this over the line. That experience, I think it will come in very handy for Burnley. What are you thinking on, on that score? I don't know, it could go anyway. Right, but I'm going for a Burnley win. I'm thinking a 2-1, a low-scoring affair. That's what I was going to say as well. 2-1, maybe 1-0. Just low quality overall. I will be. I will probably watch that game because that's going to be the most meaningful game of the 10 o'clock slate. Who saw this coming? Right, Everton. They're in the relegation zone now uh, with Burnley's win at, uh, against Wolves last weekend. They're under serious threat, like we said earlier in the previous episode and their schedule doesn't get any easier they're playing Chelsea who are actually coming off a I thought a very well played slightly undeserved one-all draw at Old Trafford how do you see this going? I also thought that they were unlucky against Liverpool last weekend they lost 2-0 and I think that they played a great game in terms of the tactics that were set out. I thought that they actually exploited Liverpool on a couple of occasions, but were harsh, harshly done by the ref. And I think if they carry out that same mentality, similar tactics, and they don't let that last get to their confidence or their head too much, I think this could be a tricky one for Chelsea, actually, because there's a lot to fight for for Everton. 
Because if they get relegated, that's going to be huge. I mean, they invested a lot of money and no one saw this coming. Lampard against his old club, that's always going to be interesting. Does he have enough to get a result here? I think he does. I, I mean, Chelsea's status is pretty much confirmed. Pretty much all but confirmed that they're going to play in the Champions League next year. Their mindset is all about the FA Cup final now until May 14th, I believe that is. But it's definitely going to be a tougher game. We saw against uh, United at Old Trafford how open they were, how easily they were able to move the ball from left to right, from back to front. So much gap. I think Everton will make it compact just like they did against Liverpool. And they'll make it tough for Chelsea to break it down. I can see a nil-nil draw here happening. Everton are you can tell they're playing for for the for the club. They're playing for everything. You know, they they haven't given up on the on the players or themselves. I can see them making a draw here. Yeah, hopefully Chelsea don't come with some late drama like they did against West Ham. Yeah, we know Chelsea are always capable of that. It's gonna be tight for both teams, I think. In my opinion. Lampard just doesn't have the managerial quality for occasions like this. Doesn't have the experience. This is such a critical period. And I think a lot of pressure is on him. He hasn't proven the quality. He's been given chances. He had a chance at Chelsea and completely flopped his chances. Spent a lot of money and couldn't get anything out of them. Some may argue that he didn't get enough time, which you could argue, sure. We can't tell what he would have done, but looking at what he was doing, things weren't looking good. And the same is happening at Everton. He can't seem to get the players really playing together. He can't get them to gel. He can't get the best out of them. I don't see anything coming out of this one for them because I think that he doesn't have anything under control for Everton. I think there's some there's a manager in him. It's just not, not the right situation right now. Time will tell. He, he built that team that won the Champions League pretty much. I guess you could argue that too. That's true. So time will tell with, with Lampard. Right now, there's some evidence, but there's nothing concrete suggesting that he is... Ma- real top managerial quality but time will tell and we will see final predictions in that one are you going with that nil nil you sticking with that yeah I'll probably go with a nil nil I think it's a fair result I'm gonna predict. go I'm going one nil Chelsea yeah like they've been doing all season nicking it in the last minute as much as I don't want them to do it though that's what I think is going to happen. My heart is going to tell me 2-1 Everton. That's my heart prediction. Because yeah. I want to catch them. We're just six points behind them. So, Speaking of catching them, Arsenal and Spurs, who are, I have to say, the only two competitors left for the top four, they go up against two teams in West Ham and Leicester. We're both coming off of Thursday's games. West Ham lost at home to Frankfurt 2-1. Frankfurt, they beat Barca and West Ham <laughs> away. Um, Tottenham also playing against Leicester. 
Leicester coming off a one-all draw against Jose's Roma. They're going up against Jose's former team in Tottenham. I have my thoughts on this game and both games um, for that matter, but how do you see the first game, which is Tottenham-Leicester going? First of all, I just want to say how insane it is, how tight this race is. Even looking on the fixture list, as you said, both of the teams are playing in Europe, in the Europa League. At the same time, they're about equal quality. This is like, it's just like panning out to be this. Just like how they scripted it. Just you like know, how they drew it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this <laughs> this race to the finish line and they're both just head to head, you know, side by side. It's crazy. But at the moment, being as Tottenham drew last weekend to Brentford, Arsenal are in the driving seat. So that's great news. We know that Tottenham are always up and down. They could go disappoint against Brentford one week. They can come the following week and win 5 nil. Usually how we've been seeing it is it's been like uh, two, two disappointments and then two wins, three disappointments, three wins. And we've been kind of seeing a trend of streaks rather than one on, one off. And coming up against Leicester now, who tied against Aston Villa last weekend. It was a nil all. I don't know if we're going to see a similar score like that again. As both teams came off a nil all. Leicester have threats in James Madison. I like this kid, Dewsbury Hall, actually, playing central midfield. The first time I saw him was against Arsenal, actually, in the League Cup. He was very impressive. And I'm glad to see him getting his game time now because I've always thought he was quality and now he's really coming up for them. And I think he could add a lot in this game, actually. So I'm excited to see how he does. Harvey Barnes as well is to me a danger player i know we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago saying that he just adds a level of dynamism to the team so i want to see if he is going to have a say hopefully looking on tottenham side we know the key players to look out that front three is always dangerous it's just a matter of if leicester can have a good game plan to really nullify that threat and it's really up to Tottenham if they can counter that attempt. So it's going to be a, a, an interesting one, in my opinion. It could go either way as far as being a tough one or being just a landslide Tottenham victory. I really hope I don't see it, but I really could see them running away with it if Tottenham decide to if have the front three go off. I saw Leicester against us at Old Trafford. They were really on the front foot trying to dominate the game, trying to play out and not just sit back and counter, which they don't really have the players to do that at the moment. And I, I think that suits Tottenham. We say again and again, but Tottenham do enjoy going up against teams who go head-to-head and toe-to-toe against them. And there was a significant injury to the Leicester left-back, Timothy Castagne, Castagne. I think that's how you say his name. 
James Justin came on. He's a capable left back, but he hasn't played much this season, I don't think. I think Tottenham could easily run away with this, like you said. For me, though, it's more the fact that Leicester played or will have played only three days prior. Not even three days, more like two days and 18 hours because it's it's early kickoff on Sunday. And we know how, how teams can often struggle coming off the Europa League game on Thursday. What's your score predictions in this? A 3-1 to Tottenham, I think it would be. Probably, yeah, 3-1 to Tottenham. My mind says 5-1, but my heart says Leicester 2-0. I mean, do we even need to hear your heart when it comes to Tottenham? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because when I say it, you know, we're putting the energy out there. Talking about your heart, your team Arsenal going up against West Ham away. West Ham, like we mentioned, coming off a loss. At least they have Zuma back, so they're not going to be running out full-on youngsters and fullbacks in the centre-back positions. I think they're going to go with a back three, but not sure because they don't have numbers back there anyway. I think if Dawson wasn't suspended, they're, they're 100% going to go with a back three. I would have been certain of that. But now I'm not so sure. Do you run out Ben Johnson and Maswaku again? at LCB and RCB. They could put Declan Rice back in centre-back where he first started to come up the ranks. But then, I think you need to counter Arsenal in the midfield and taking out Declan Rice isn't the answer. And plus, they're coming off of a loss on Thursday. Again, I keep saying it like a broken record, but these players have played a lot of games. That is partly why we're seeing so many injuries to one position for West Ham. I think they'll struggle this game. The thing is here, if they invite Arsenal to squeeze the pressure on them, it's going to hurt them. Arsenal are just going to keep coming at them, creating chances, and something is going to finish eventually. Nketiah has been in good form, so if you keep feeding him chances, one of them is going to stick in. He's not necessarily clinical like that, but he is prolific. So you can't give him a lot of chances if you're going to try to defend against him. You have to restrict him from chances. I agree with you. If West Ham have a chance in this one, it's going to be if they really try and counter and be positive. It's going to be difficult for them, but it's the only way really to have a fight. And I think if they do that and they perform it well, they'll be having a good fight because I think they have quality as well. I think Jared Bowen could, could be a major threat. Sue Chekhov set pieces. Pablo Fornals usually offers something in big games like this as well. Yarmolenko as well has been in good form. So they have quality to nick something. It's just a matter of if they invite that pressure from Arsenal or not. And if they don't invite the pressure and they do play positive, I do think that that will be risky as well. That could lead to a thrashing. But if you're looking to nick something out the game, then that's the way to go about it. Now, David Moyes might say he wants to just go damage limitation and focus on the Europa League. And I think that would be beneficial to Arsenal to try and secure a win. Because if they decide to try and be positive against us, 
we have to almost respect it. But it may open up avenues for counterattacks on our end as well. So it all depends on how it plays out. But if West Ham decide to be negative, I don't see much in it for them. I mean, they've had some great results at home this season, especially early on. They beat Liverpool, Chelsea by the same score, 3-2. But I, I really think the situation calls for a, I don't want to say negative, but a, a defensive approach. You can't deny their focus is on the Europa League. Yes, they lost today, so even more of a focus on the Europa League. They need a result at Frankfurt next, at, next Thursday. We don't even need to focus on the footballing side of this game. I guess the Europa League involvement is the footballing side, but what I mean by that is in terms of their style or their tactics, I think just their mindset itself, they're not thinking about the Premier League at this moment in time. Right. I mean, it's a great time for Arsenal to play West Ham. Leicester pretty much confirmed not to be in Europe next season. They need to win the Conference League to be in Europe next year. So, like you said, both teams almost like a parallel situation, just like how they drew it up. Right, exactly. So, it all depends on the mindset. Where's the mind at? If they decide to show up to the game and be positive, I think they could get something out of it, or I think it could be really bad. If they decide to go negative, I think it's just damage limitation at that point. Maybe they could hold out for a draw, but I think. It's going to boil down to, as you said, the mindset is on Europe. If Arsenal nick an early goal, I think that could just be it right there. I'm expecting a comfortable Arsenal win this game. I think what? Arsenal in form. What's your score prediction? I think similar to the first leg, how Arsenal attacked and attacked and attacked and only broke through early on in the second half. I think something similar. 2-0, attack, 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 West Ham, stay compact, try to look for counters. But I think Arsenal have enough to score and get a, get away with the result. Yeah, I could see a 2-0 as well. I think it's a matter of finishing the chances. I think we'll create because I think West Ham are weak at the back. And I think we have enough creativity where that's concerned. But we just have to finish. It's been an issue. And as I said, Eddie's prolific because he gets a lot of chances, but he's not clinical because he's not efficient with those chances. So just want to see him finish it. That's it. Finish the chances you get. That'll pretty much do it for today's episode. Like I said, not much for me to look forward to. For those of you who watched the game against Chelsea, no rhythm to the game, no point. There's a disconnect between the fans and the players. Yeah, Man United are pretty much out of the top four race at this point. Not just about the top four race. We're in mid-season and they're the only team that's playing a testimonial. But anyway. Does somebody have a violin? We could play, we could play the sad <laughs> song for this guy, please. We need a violin on the, on the show, honestly. We need, we need something. We need something. Just like Man United needs something right now. Exciting? Would you call it exciting? Would you call it a nervous finish or exciting or nervy finish? However you look at it for the fans of four teams mainly, the top two obviously and the two top four competitors, as well as, I guess this is more nervy side of the fans, the relegation threatened teams. 
I think Norwich pretty much down, but Burnley Watford big game. Tune into that. And then we'll see you guys on Monday with our review show of these games. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. And as always, our Facebook page link is in the description as well as the bio. So like I said before, just get clicking. Thank you very much. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you again, as always. And peace out. Thank you.